international success coach and noted author, Constance Arnold, delivers life-changing strategies through her own spiritual practices, as well as with best-selling authors and experts that she interviews. Think, Believe, and Manifest is specially designed to empower your mind and words to work for you and to bring about a life you've been dreaming of. And now, here's Constance Arnold. Well, hello, Powerful Manifester, and welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. And of course, I am Constance Arnold, host of the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show. And today, I am coming to you from Hotlanta. It's hot, y'all, but it is so beautiful. I hope you're making a decision to have a great day. Well, it has been a wonderful week for me. And as you're listening to this, I am probably right in the middle of my Know Your Value and Reset uh, retreat. So grateful and excited about it. Can't wait to tell you about it. Well, I want to say a couple of things with you. Got a great show. Wow. Are you going to learn how to... Uh, Decode your emotional blueprint. I got that out. Anybody interested? And when you do that, how you can really align with abundance and prosperity. So I want you to stay tuned for my wonderful guest. I want you to send me an email, Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com, and just let me know about your manifestations. No matter how big, no matter how small, I want to hear what is going on in your life. You know, the Bible says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. And if you can be grateful for something as small as, you know, I call it stacking your successes. Wow, I've been able to drink uh a half gallon of water for the last 30 days, or I've been able to say no to certain people, or I, I got out of my comfort zone and enrolled in school. I want to hear from you and want to just hear how your life is going. If you have a particular subject that you would like for me to teach on, also email me and let me know that. And you know, it just came across my mind. We are certainly sending out a special prayer for all the people in uh, Hawaii. Uh, just, just a lot going on. And, and you know, when you see that devastation, it just makes you so grateful. So I want all of us to just always stay in a state of gratitude, no matter what's going on in our lives. Let's see, what else do I want to say? Visit my website, fulfillingyourpurpose.com. While you're there, you can get my my two books. Uh, I think they are pretty phenomenal. They are bestsellers. I made them in the form of a workbook because sometimes we research and we read, but when you read, and then you actually have to practice the principle. 
I think that that really helps you to embody uh, and embrace the new truth. So you can purchase secrets of success or how to attract uh, and manifest genuine love. And lastly, is it lastly? <laughs> I think it is. And lastly, uh, the Law of Attraction has a brand new website. Guys, check it out. We got a uh, brand new host on the network, Dr. Sarah. I'm going to be interviewing her in a couple of weeks. And it's really beautiful. So check it out. And since this show is a blessing to you, I'm thanking you in advance for your donation uh, I come to you every week giving you first class guests, first class teaching, and just serving you uh, in a spirit of excellence. And, of course, you can go to my um, website, hit the red donate button, or you can cash out me at dollar sign Constance Arnold. You know, just say, Constance, thank you for everything you're doing had a couple of people do that just this week. Thank you so much. Or you could zail me at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Well, let's take a deep breath in. It's all about the breath, everybody. Let's let it out. One last time. Let's take a deep breath in. Just let it out. And we're just opening ourselves up to receive this uh, amazing revelation about how we can decode our emotions and really tap into unlimited possibilities. I'll be right back. Are you feeling stuck? Are you ready to live a life beyond your wildest dream? Constance Arnold is a seasoned and experienced professional licensed counselor for 25 years and a certified success life coach and would love to partner with you to create your dreams. She's coached and trained over 10,000 clients on five continents and has a proven track record of success. Constance will assist you in getting a clear vision for your life and develop customized strategies projects, and action steps to begin manifesting your dream. Contact her today at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com and visit her website at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Well, everybody, I am back and so excited. I'm going to start my clock. Uh, we have a very powerful woman today. You know, sometimes you pray for something. Maybe some of you have been trying and praying and using the law of attraction and it's not working. It's always working, but today you're going to get some really sound answers. So my very special guest, guest today is Judy Wilkins-Smith. Uh, she is a world-renowned systemic work and constellations expert. Doesn't that sound impressive? She's a motivational speaker and author of Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, a powerful guide to transformation through distangling multi-generational patterns. You know, this is my wheelhouse, guys. I love this. She's going to teach us today about how we can move 
from victimhood, that old doggone victimhood mindset and unleash the power of possibility. I'm so excited. So Judy, welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Constance, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. So we're going to get right to it. Tell our listeners just a little bit about you. I know that you're from South Africa originally. I am. Born and raised in South Africa, moved across here in about 96. Um, and then we had, my father was killed and I didn't, it was a question of either write books or go crazy. And I was doing research for one of the books I was reading and I stumbled onto the work that I do now. And um, then I think a couple of things. One that was interesting was somebody said to me, well, of course, you'll, you'll be good at it. And I went, what do you mean? And they said, well, it came from South Africa, which I didn't know at the time. And it came from the Zulu tribe. It originated with a priest in the Zulu tribe. And when I left uh, South Africa, I worked in a teaching hospital. And the person who gave my farewell speech was a Zulu gentleman. And he said to me, you may be leaving us, but you'll find a way to represent us in the world. And I went, yeah, yeah. And now I do it every day. Wow. So let's just get right to it. Um, talk about what is emotional blueprint? Okay, so your emotional blueprint um, is an amalgamation of all of the events that have happened in your family system and all the patterns of thoughts, feelings, actions, reactions, inactions that have cycled all the way down to you. And you inherit that. So we call that your emotional blueprint and we call it your emotional DNA. You don't just inherit physical DNA, you also inherit emotional DNA. That's what that is. And so <laughs> when it comes to victimhood or trauma, is that downloaded into our DNA? Expound on that. Yeah, you know, it often is. In fact, very, very odd story, uh, something that just happened for me. Mm -hmm. was I have a thing I do not I come from medical background my daughter is a physician do not like doctors anywhere near me because my father my grandfather and my uncle were all killed in a hospital mm. and I thought that's where it came from and I was sitting and my mom made a remark and she said you know I was never frightened until I went through this because she's just had two years of, of cancer treatment and I suddenly went whoa Hold on. And then I started looking back at all of, of the women. And it begins with my grandmother. And she was the one who had to have brain surgery after her son was killed. And then my mother after my father was killed. And then I had to have surgery after something happened to me. And here I'm sitting and I have a niece who has the same fear. And I went, I know what's happening. That fear has passed all the way down and it's saying, change me. I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm going, I do not want to be a victim of this anymore. This is ridiculous. And when I made that connection and I realized what it was, I could give it back and say, this doesn't belong to me. It's not mine. I will do it differently. Well, that's so good. Do you feel like victim, victimhood has been glamorized because, you oh. know, on TV we see, you know, oh, my God, my mama did this. Talk about that a little bit. And yeah, is I it, really Has do. it become normal to people? It's, it's become sanctified, sanitized, glamorized, and monetized. Mm 
Mm. And the problem with that is it leaves us in the victim space. Um, any of us have a number of reasons why we could be a victim. It could be our ethnicity. It could be our gender. It could be race. Yeah, you can do that and you can really invest in that and you could do the I'll never forget piece, but the problem is it keeps you stuck. And it's when we make the, the turn in our minds that says my ancestors may have struggled. That's not what they struggled for for me. They, they cycled it all the way through so I could change it and I could pay it forward and do something that honors what happened. Not keep repeating it. That's like bad food. You keep burping it up. You know, that's so true. Ex expound on epigenetics. What is that and why is that important? Okay, so epigenetics is, is really important. Epigenetics and neuroscience. So let's start with epigenetics. With epigenetics, you have your genetic code, but you also have activating on-off switches that will activate some of those genes or not. And if you have a, an event that creates a significant enough reaction in you or, or your ancestors, it becomes an imprint on the family system that then becomes a blueprint for generations of suffering or generations of the same pattern. Until we look at it and we go, this is not what life's about. Life was never meant to be about suffering and struggling, and it isn't meant to be a repetition of what's happened before, whether it's victim or perpetrator. And by the way, the opposite of a victim is not a perpetrator. The opposite of a victim is a master. Mm. We were meant to be masters. And there's a very, very important piece with epigenetics itself, and that is this. When the brain tells the body a story that the body believes, that becomes your truth. That's, that becomes your truth. And people say, how? And I say, well, think about it this way. Just think about it for a minute, head, heart, and gut. You do something and you say to yourself, oh, that was so stupid. I can't believe I did that. I'm such an idiot. Your heart is feeling it. Your gut is feeling it. Your blood pressure is going up. Your whole body is reacting. And then you say to yourself, I will never, ever, ever open my mouth again uh, around that subject because I know what, what can happen. Now you've made that a truth. Well, the same is true when you start to do law of attraction. Until you have your head, your heart, and your gut aligned and you tell yourself a story that is more powerful than the one that you're currently living, you don't move. But when you do do that, everything changes because now you're observing a new pattern into reality and now you're no longer reliving your ancient ancestors' history. You're perfectly present and you're creating a very different future. So we were created to be masters. Absolutely. And so if someone notices a pattern with money and relationships, they can switch that, correct? They can absolutely switch that. And here's the thing that happens. People say, well, your thoughts can't affect your body. Yes, they can. And we know that. You either go into stress or you go into that, those lovely happy hormones. So when you start to reframe it and you get really clear and you're doing it and there are no excuses, 
then you start to rewire your brain, which takes us into neuroscience, because now you're consciously laying down new neural pathways and you're consciously creating a life that you want. And so your brain starts to then focus on that. The minute your heart opens, the brain goes in search of what it is that you're looking for. Creative brain switches on and your gut, instead of being all tight, suddenly does what it was meant to do, which is become your inner compass. It tells you yes, no, yes, no. And when those three are, are in alignment, not only do you make good choices, you literally change your life. And if you're doing that, you're changing your body because now you're not living by the stress hormones. You're living by the hormones of, of love, the dopamines, all, all of those lovely endorphins. They're playing thanks to your uh, thoughts. You know, that is such good news. So someone, let's just use money. So are you saying, Judy, that someone who maybe, you know, generations previously has been steeped in poverty and lack and scarcity can intentionally begin to rewire their brain around abundance and prosperity? 100%. 100%. If you see people who come from the projects, people who come from really bad situations, mm -hmm. you get one who does it differently and they say, well, that was the golden child. They weren't. They simply said, I don't want this anymore. This isn't working for me. This pattern has to stop. I'm starting a new pattern. And in fact, I read something this morning and I went, yep. There was an article by Steve Jobs, and he said, the difference between dreamers and doers is that doers ask. They pick up the phone. They ask. They don't wait for things to come to them. They ask. But can you rewire? Yes. And the even better news is it's literally just asking yourself one question. What's possible here? What do I want? Mm. To not want, which is exactly the opposite of how to grow. You've got to want in order to grow, and then you've got to go in order to grow. So you've got to want, you've got to go, and then you've got to grow. So going back to that money example, so, right. do we, so would a listener put their thoughts and emotions and imaginations, unpack that, what would that look like? I'll tell you, um, for me, so... With the money thing, first, what you want to do is any listener wants to sit and write down all of their thoughts around money, all of their feelings, and all of the actions they take. Hmm. Then they want to ask themselves, when did that begin for me? When did I first make a connection with money? What was that connection like? What was happening at the time in my life? What did I make it mean about me? And what did I make it mean about others? And then a very important question, is it this way for anyone else in my family? Because if the answer is yes, then you're following a family pattern. If you don't have that information, you just simply do a timeline of your own life and you'll start to see those patterns. And then the next thing you want to do is you want to ask yourself, okay, what needs to stop and what needs to start? And I'll tell you, I'll tell you my story around okay. money that people really laugh at. So I say to them, money is not a, it's not a commodity. It's a relationship. Mm. And it will show the way that 
you show up for it. So here's mine. We were fairly newly married and we went to a casino and we could have used extra money like so many people. So I'm holding my cup and I'm holding my mother-in-law's one and I take three coins out and I put them into the slot machine and I hit a jackpot. Here's what happens. I look at this jackpot and I go, oh my goodness, I took the coins out of hers by mistake. Now mm -hmm. any would have taken the three coins and put them back, not me, because I had a little sentence running around in my brain that said, you always have to be utterly ethical and honorable, and that wouldn't be that. I mean, money was trying to play with me, and I couldn't see it. And so I said to her, I'm sorry, I put three of your coins in and I hit the jackpot, so I guess it's yours, and she took it. And everybody said to me, oh, that's me, and I said, no. She was the one who did not have a problem with her money relationship. <laughs> I was the one who did. That is so funny. So, 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 you know, people are talking a lot about imagination. So when people are, 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 are changing or have intentionally decided to change, because are we wired with images in our DNA and experiences and emotions? We are, we are, and we can choose them. We have some wired in. It doesn't preclude you from choosing whatever you want. You've got to get what's going to get your brain and your heart and your gut to all go, yes. And by the way, we, can, you, we do this all the time. People don't realize it. Again, go back to the, the other one. I shouldn't do that. I know I shouldn't do that. It's a terrible thing to do. And we go, e, 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 and we're wired. Because the head says that, the heart says that, and the gut says that. All we're saying now is do the same thing with joy, with gratitude, with belief, because you've got to know you're doing this. And take the steps. When I started teaching at Disney World, I, I actually went to visit Disney World, and I was standing there, and I thought, I love this place so much. Wouldn't it be amazing if I could teach here? And that afternoon, after I'd had the thought, I went down to one of the, the resorts there and I said to them, what would it cost me to host an event here? And they named this amount and I went, oh, I mean, it was a large amount of money. Mm -hmm. And I said, them, okay, I'm going to book it. And my inside's going, are you out of your mind? But my head said, I'm doing it. My heart went, this is so good. And my gut was going, go. And so I took the steps. It wasn't just about having a nice thought. It was thoughts, feelings, actions. And this year I will be teaching at Disney World, I think, for the eighth time. Wow. Because I did that. You, you can't just imagine it and sit on a lily pad and hope that something's going to float past. You've got to, you've got to show the universe, I am serious about this. And it doesn't matter how small the step is or how small the thought or the feeling is. If you keep doing it and you are super clear and you have a clear goal you're going to get there in fact you'll pass it so literally you know to me this is so exciting and it's such good news for people who might feel stuck so literally people can make a decision like you said this is it no more this is it. yep this is it no more no more excuses 
no more reasons to not do it. I'm doing it. In fact, to go back to, to the Disney thing, the first time I ever went to Disney, I looked, and this is how clearly we get it and we should listen. I looked at people coming out of one of the resorts and I went, I want to do that with my family one day. And so what I did was I started an envelope. Hmm. And I talk about this quite a bit. I started an envelope and anything extra that came in went into the envelope. And it was, and I didn't spend it on anything else because I wanted that. And when my brother was going to come over, I said I would help pay for the accommodation. And when I went to my envelope, just to look, there was enough money to put down on timeshare. So I'd been working towards it all the time. And every time I put money into that envelope, it was like, this is my secret. Look what I'm doing. And when I when I went for the first time with my family and I walked out of the resort, I knew I'd made a dream come true. And if you've done it once, you're going to want to do it again and again and again because you build the winner effect into your brain. And so are we predisposed to negativity because, you know, it's everywhere. It's on TV. Uh, What should a person do or what steps could a person begin to take who who might be negative or complains? I always say when you complain, you remain. What can they do to come out of that? (laughs) My version of that is quit whining, start shining. So... (laughs) To come out of that, what we've got to realize is we're actually born with a complete set of language. And the complete set of language is all the negative stuff and all the positive stuff. But we are raised religiously, uh, ethnically, culturally around shame, blame, and smallness. And that's what Mm. frustrates us and keeps us complaining and whining and not shining. So what you want to do is when you look at you say, oh, well, it's inevitable because it's all about them or it's all about them. Ask yourself, is that really the truth or is there something I can do differently? And I always say to people, when you're doing something, when you want to be in the driver's seat or the winning seat, you've got to do it in a way that gets you and everybody around you to win because otherwise it doesn't even taste good. So that's the one thing. And you want to start saying to yourself, where is the gift? Where is the gift? It doesn't matter what's happening. Where is the gift? And the other one, what's possible here? And what do I really want? Because whatever you want, the universe will give you, but be careful what you're asking for and be very, very clear. So when you said what's possible here, that sounds like a person could really just begin to think big, believe, imagine. Is that what that look exploring unlimited possibilities? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, I tell people there's a gentleman by the name of Michael Gerber, and he has one of my favorite sayings. Okay. It's not that your dream is too big. It's that your dream is often too small. So it lacks the excitement and fuel to get you there. If you want to have something or have a goal, it better be more exciting than where you are now. It's got to get you out of bed. It's got to put a smile on your face. And frankly, if it's a little bit of a secret for you for a while, sometimes that's a good thing because nobody can rain on your parade. 
Well, you know, I th I feel like we 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 think so small, and Oh. you know, and everything is like, you know, I, I can't go to Disney World this year with my family because my job we're so limited to our job and our income. So if if a listener were to really explore those unlimited possibilities, does the brain get excited when we do that or whatever? Oh, yes. Listen, the universe gets so excited when we wake up. It says, quick, grab them while they're awake. <laughs> it gets very excited when, when we don't say, well, I can't go to Disney this year because of my work. When people say to me, I can't, I say, how can you? I'm not so interested in how you can't. I want to know how you can. And that when I, I work with people, I will constantly challenge that. No, 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 no. We're not thinking small here. What can you do? What's next? And the other thing we have to have is goals. Because without that, anywhere will get you nowhere super fast. So I, I heard you talk about that to get clear about what you want. So that means to write it down. It, writing it down is a really good idea because then you're seeing it. Speaking it out loud, not even to people, but to yourself is good because you're locking it into your brain. When I work with people at live events, we have either live representatives or we use pieces of paper and I actually get people to walk their walk so that they know they're interacting with what it is they want in 3D. They're hearing it, they're seeing it, they're touching it, they're interacting with it. And that gives you an embodied experience of what it is that you're wanting to do or change which then gives you that very big aha switch and that locks it into your body. So why do you feel that people are, are stuck or are, are still in victimhood? Because what you're sharing is so encouraging, inspirational, and, and it just sounds like you need to be consistent with the aligning. You need to be consistent with aligning and with loving your wishes and your dreams. Why are we stuck in victimhood? Because we've been taught it's glamorous, number one. Mm. And because we've been taught things like never forget your history. Well, never forget your history is fine, but don't keep relitigating it or living in it. That's history. It's meant to inspire you, not grab you by the throat and pull you back. Um I had a, a great lady that I worked with and, and her ancestors are from Ghana. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, I went and I stood on the shores in Africa and I was crying and I was crying. And then I remembered what you taught us about how I'm here to make a difference by growing. And I looked at this and I went, and that's enough. And so, boy, the power of just making a decision or I'm going to change that, the power of just choice. The power of choice is huge. And I would say to any one of your listeners, particularly if you are feeling stuck or if you're in a bad position, if something's coming at you and it's intense, you've got to stop right there and say to yourself, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What am I doing? Because it's about to become my new truth. I need to be intentional right now. There is literally, if you look at it, there is literally not one race, not one gender, not one, one any of that on earth that needs to be stuck. We have taught ourselves 
to mm. be stuck. And we have taught ourselves to be victims. That is not the reality. And so let's just hypothetically take a family who is very affluent, the Rockefellers. I mean, sure. granddaddy had money, then, you know. So have they been wired for abundance automatically because totally. of their experiences? Totally. Uh -huh. Yeah, they don't know any different. And I always smile. People say, like the Rockefellers, they're an entitled bunch. Uh-uh. No, they're not. They operate at a different level because their level says, of course. That's what we do. That's who we are. That's how we live. Now we want to demonize it because somebody else has more than we do, which is the stupidest thing we could do. Because guess what? If you demonize money, when you get there, you're going to want to give it away, throw it away, fritter it away. You're going to want to make it bad for yourself. You're going to feel guilty. You don't even get to enjoy it. And money, by the way, is a force and a friend, and it minds when we treat it unkindly. Wow. It minds. And so there has to be a coherence, coherence around. Yes. And, and, and I heard somebody say it takes 21 days times three to rewire the brain. And so when people say, well, you know, I've been doing what Judy said, but hadn't anything happened. What do you say to folks like that? Uh, when they say they haven't been doing what they should have and nothing happened? But when they say that they have, what Constance oh, that, and I, Judy... I will tell them, I love you dearly, but I'm telling you now that one of your three circuits is not agreeing with you. I would also say to them, go looking in your family system, because if nothing's moving, you are being loyal to an unconscious pattern. And if you're loyal to that pattern, like I was to this medical piece, you're going to stay stuck. It's why genealogy is quite important or genealogy 3.0. Genealogy 1.0 tells you where you belong. Genealogy 2.0, you start having a look at all the events from your countries of origin. Genealogy 3.0 is the work I do where we take where you're stuck and we literally in 3D, we show you how to reframe and we show you how to rewire and off you go. And by the way, the way that you are then humble is to show others. It's not to go hide it under a bushel. That helps nobody. So I read somewhere where you talked about happiness takes courage. What did yes. you mean by that? Because seemingly everybody should want to be happy, but what's the well, deal? Yes, they should, but no, they don't. Think about it. You look at somebody who's ahead of you, you go, well, I suppose they just must have gotten lucky. Well, how are you going to be happy going that way? And here's the piece. For you to be happy you're going to have to break some of those old family sentences around wealth and abundance or the cultural ones or the gender ones. Men get more, we don't get more. It's a load of rubbish that we use to keep ourselves stuck. So yeah, if you want that, people are going to say, so who do you think you are? And your answer is a master in the becoming. Thank you. Oh. Penis takes courage. You know, I love that. So, so you know, I'm thinking about my listeners. So right in the middle of what might be a tough and a difficult situation, I'm just repeating it over and over again. A person has to choose. You I have refuse, to choose. 
I refuse to be unhappy another day. Yep. Yep. It's got to be that intentional for you. And you've got to be that clear. And does that mean you'll never go back to the other way? No, you may well go back to the other way. And all you do is you stop again and you say, no, I now know what I'm doing. I'm being loyal to that, what we call a systemic trance, Mm. which we know it's the trance of the ancestors. It feels irresistible. It feels familiar. And you've got to say, stop. Mm -mm. I'm not doing that anymore. And it may take a time or two or three, but when you start, instead of just saying, I'm not doing that anymore, you say, I'm doing this, your focus goes to what I am doing. What am I doing? At the end of the day, name three things that I did in support of where I'm going. Not what I got wrong. What did I get right? And start waking up. Notice what's trying to support you. Notice what's talking to you. Notice how the universe is always in service of you. And sometimes the blessings don't come in a pretty wrapper. Sometimes they come in a a shockingly bad package. But if you look, you will find that there is a gift in there that's trying to elevate you. And you will get what you want. So share with us. One other thing. Go ahead. Your want is tied to you being the change agent. Pay attention mm. to it. So share with listeners just a couple of stories of people that you've worked with or maybe something in your own life where there was significant change. Okay, so I will tell you uh, one of the people who came to me, and this is how you'll see how family patterns work. Okay. So he comes to me and he says to me, I need some help because you know I was doing really well as a businessman and at the age of 41, my businesses all dropped dead and I couldn't revive them. Now, that's odd language. Mm. So I said to him, okay, tell me about your dad. He says, well, dad was doing fine. He was a businessman and he dropped dead at the age of 41. Wow. He couldn't revive him. So I said, okay, tell me about grandfather. Same thing. Wow. So I said, do you see that you changed it a little bit because you didn't drop dead? Instead, you took a step to the side, but your businesses dropped dead. And so we worked on that. And then he said to me, you know, I'm very, 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 very Christian. And when somebody says that to me with that degree of conviction, I'm curious. Mm -hmm. So I said to him, I want you to go and look at your genealogy. And he comes back and he says, "Uh, apparently I'm also very, 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 very Jewish. (laughs) My great-grandfather was the chief cantor, and he had to leave Germany. And so we make these switches, but the patterns keep coming. So once he could give both Christianity and the Judaism its place, and he could say, I don't have to die at 41. That was you, Grandpa, and that was you, Dad. I can do it differently. He did very well for himself. So that was the one. I had another lady who came in who said to me, I really want to belong with my family, but I just don't fit in. They're all very stoic. They don't show emotion. My brother's the golden child because he doesn't either. All they ever gave me was little drops of love. And she kept talking about these little drops of love. Mm. I said to her, are you, are you married? I'm married. I have children. Are you a loving mom? Oh, I'm a very loving mom. 
and I don't fit in and I want to fit in. So I said, to her, okay, tell me about mom and dad. Mom and dad were Holocaust survivors. Mm. So I said to her, stop. Could they show emotion? She said, oh, no, it would have killed them. Oh, and I said, exactly. But they gave you the little bit that they could. Yes. Look what you did with it. And she went, oh, my goodness, I belong. Mm. So those are the things that we hear. And then um, the other piece that makes it an incredible piece to do is, I said, I use live representatives. And what I'll do is somebody will come with an issue. They sit down next to me. We talk. We identify the parts of the issue. And then I say, I want you to choose representatives for these pieces. So this girl came and she said to me, you know, I can't get, I can't get work. Um, I'm too ashamed of actually going for work because I keep waiting for them to, to give me the axe and tell me to leave. So I said, so talk to me about that. Her father was from. And when he came back from Vietnam, they kicked him out of the town. Hmm. So that cycled down to her being ashamed. So I said to her, let's look. And I said to her, pick someone for your dad, someone for Vietnam. I want you to pick a couple of other ones, mom, work, and all of that. And so she picks this one gentleman, and I can see him sort of jolt. And I know he's, he's going to say to me, look, I don't know how to do this, which nobody does. But what we don't realize is, we're sensing into people's systems all day long. We know mm -hmm. very well how to accurately represent. So he stands up and, and chooses him as her dad, and he represents for her. And he he shifts a couple of things, and he says a couple of words, and she's doing this, and she says, that's my dad. And this is what happens when we do this work. It comes through the system. We get to the end of it, and he says, how is it possible that I felt things that her father felt. And I said, we're quite capable of doing that. We've just never been taught that that's what we're doing. And then he started to cry and he said to her, I will never, ever look at Vietnam the same way again. You chose me not by accident. My father was a draft dodger. And I thought people who were in the Vietnam War were terrible. Now I know what it's like from the other side. Oh, my God, that makes me want to cry when I hear that. And, and and I think for listeners, it just shows you how God's spirit, the universe, is just always moving and trying to get out how, how it's good to us, healing and... Absolutely. Absolutely. And wholeness and money. And yes. God, God has never said have a little. God has said have a lot. We're the ones who say have a little. That's us. What this, what this work does, systemic work and constellations, is it literally makes the unconscious conscious and the invisible visible. And we've always been able to do that, but we've never been taught how until now. So let's talk about the law of attraction and our emotional blueprint. Love it. <laughs> okay. The law of attraction and our emotional blueprint. The law of attraction, is it tells you what you put out, you're going to attract. What you want, you're going to attract. So think about all of those patterns, those multi-generational patterns, and then you begin to understand why you're not getting what you want. Because you've got all of that stuff there. Until you look at it and acknowledge it and give it its place, you keep wishing for the past. 
or asking for the past. You're not asking for what your heart truly wants. When you get so excited that you can't stand yourself at the thought of what's about to happen, now you're present, now you're putting out something completely different into the universe, you've finally got your foot off the brake, you've got your foot on the accelerator, you've got your head, your heart, and your gut aligned, and you can do it. And anytime you start to hear the little voices that go, no, 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 what you've got to do is remind yourself that's from the past. That's the multi-generational pattern. And you thank it and you say, that was then. We're doing this now. And you completely align with what you're doing now. So good. You know, I was just thinking, my mom married my dad and he was 20 years older than her. I married my ex-husband, and guess how old he was? 20 years older than me. And yep. I was oblivious to it. And looking back on it, I'm like, how could I not recognize that? But it's exhibit A of what you just talked about, those patterns and systems that was uh, just housed in our family. You cannot believe how much we are run by the patterns in our families. Mm. How much? It's all the time in every aspect of our lives. We are run by those patterns until we start becoming aware of them. I had a lady uh, in Texas who said to me, uh, I want to talk to you today. I want to work about uh, on an issue because um, I'm about to divorce my third husband because he's so stupid. And the husband was with her at the event. And I'm going, oh, boy, this is, this is going to be interesting. And she was a therapist, by the way. So she, I said, okay, let's look. What's going on? Well, oh, I've had to divorce all of them because they're stupid. Okay. So we put up a representative for each one of them and a representative for her. And I said, tell me about your mom. Well, mom had three and, and they were so stupid she had to divorce them. So now we've got two generations of it. Mm -hmm. Tell me about grandma. Oh, no, she was she was the ultimate one. She married three very stupid men, and she just had to divorce them. So I said to her, what happened with the first one? How did it start? She, grandma was rich. Grandfather came along, and he lost all of the money. Mm -hmm. So from then on in, any man who came into their lives, if there was anything around money, it was you're too stupid and you're gone. So I lay it all out there and you can see here are the women, here are all of the husbands. And, and she looks at me and she says, so, so is there a pattern? And the whole room <laughs> just exploded. They were like, how can you not see this? When she saw the pattern, she realized that this person she was with now does money very differently, but he's by no means stupid. And she said to him, oh, I think I can look at you now. She wasn't looking at him. She was looking at all of the others going all the way back. So she was caught in that systemic pattern. Which I'm sure you've heard this, this story, but a, a lady was in the kitchen cooking and she cut off a little piece of the ham. And the daughter said, Mama, why do you do that? And she said, well, Mama did it. So she called her mom and said, Mom, 
uh, why did you cut off a little piece of the ham before you put it in the pan? She said, well, I did it because my mother did it. And then she called her mother and her mama said, well, I did it because the pan was too small. It's one of my favorite stories. <laughs> I love that story because that's exactly what we do. We don't ask. That's the other thing. Mm. You know what kills us the most? Assumptions. Mm. Could we just stop with the assumptions, people? Not everybody's bad. Not everybody's good. Ask. Ask. And and when there is a pattern, don't assume that that's the way things are. Challenge it. Mm -hmm. Really, that's the way things are? We can't do that? Why not? So when you say ask, are you saying we ask God, we ask the universe? God, we ask what? our ancestors. Never mind God, the guides in the universe. Okay. Ask that, but you ask. I never knew that my that there was an anxiety around medicine. I thought I was the freak idiot mm. until I, I asked, only to find it was four generations deep. And because we don't ask, we sentence ourselves to another generation of the same, where we could be free, we could be running around and having a grand time and having the courage to be happy. But no, we just sit on those assumptions and we cook them like eggs. Wow. And, you know, I could just tell I've, I've interviewed over 700 people. You're so enthusiastic and passionate because it's who you are. It's your being uh, for people who are listening that's emanating. And, and and I think it's because it's it's just this wonderful truth that you are sharing that can really set people free. Oh, my goodness. Hugely, hugely set people free, and it does. When people come to my Money DNA events, there are a number of them. They get it, and they go away, and they come back the next time, and they say, you know what? I'm a millionaire. And I go, mm -hmm. yeah, because they got it. Or you know what? It shifted. I'm not sitting at the poverty level anymore. I got it. It's, we think it's something out there that we have to ask or we have to do, or we have to, it's here. It's here. It's when we start to tell ourselves the story that our body can believe, and it's a really good story that things shift. This is my last question. I'm going to have to have you back for part two. So, you know, the now question. everybody is saying we need to get in the theta state in order to reprogram all of you know all of the stuff that happened to us and to and to program what's your take on that well i would i would offer it a little bit differently okay i would say you need to acknowledge what happened okay because what happened happened and there's nothing you can do about that and then you need to decide what choices you want to make about what happened Two men get injured in an accident, paralyzed from the waist down. One says, my life is over. The other one says, my purpose has just begun. They're both right. So good. You know, I was with somebody yesterday. She's an African-American woman, and she asked me a question. She said, do you believe that because what African-Americans have been through with slavery, that it is harder for us to manifest and be happy and I said 
I'm gonna let you answer it. <laughs> I want you to answer, and then I I get to answer it because you opened that door so nicely. I said, I don't think so. I said, I think that the spirit in us is, I, I think that that does have to be some acknowledgement of what did happen. But then once we do, then the spirit in us, God in us is so powerful that we're all on level ground. And she was like, oh, no. Oh no. So what's your thinking on that? I said, I'm not, I'm not denying what happened. I'm not no. denying the impact that what is your thinking on that? Okay, so I'm gonna tell a quick story and then I'm gonna tell okay. you. Okay. In South Africa, I was an English speaking person in an Afrikaans speaking society. And they looked at me and they said to me, Well, we don't speak your language, and it's our language is, is the top language. So you're just gonna have to learn to speak ours or you're in trouble. So I learned to speak theirs. Who was richer? I have two languages. They only mm. have one. Now, when it comes to the African-American legacy, I think, I think for me, where I go with that is you're only, and it's the same with, with African-Americans, with Jewish folk, with any of those mm -hmm, big ones mm -hmm. where we have a dynamic. I have a, a Jewish friend who said to me, and I think this will answer it quite well, you don't understand what we've been through and you don't understand that Jewish people are born to suffer. And I said to them, and you don't understand that for as long as you say that and you feel it and you live it, you are accurate. Mm. When we stop with that, when we stop using our, our heritage as a limitation, and I will tell you, I have no doubt that the ancestors are going, hey, fool, wake up. When we stop doing that and we start being who we really are, we're going to discover we've been asleep for a very long time and we're going to look at all the years we have wasted not being happy and instead being invested in being angry and miserable and wanting to get back at or, or wanting to punish because it does nothing for us. Personally, it does nothing for us. I'm an immigrant. I should then say to people, I had to immigrate because uh, something happened when I was, uh, when my father was Irish or my grandfather was Irish and they got him to leave. It gets us nowhere. I, I, I love it. I, I love it. I, this makes me want to get up and run around my house, but we're recording. So it's just so good. So, so Judy, give people your contact information. This is so wonderful. Uh, your, your, your email, your website, any events you have coming up, any services that you offer. Absolutely. So okay. easiest way to reach me always is via my website, judywilkins-smith.com. Uh, they can also reach me via Facebook. New, the, it, the info is all there, Facebook, Spotify, uh, YouTube. I'm on all of those. My live events, I'm actually doing a Money DNA live event at Disney World in November, November the 5th through the 8th. And it's a four-day program. And what we do is we have a look at what is your Money DNA? Where did it come from? What is it doing to you? 
how do we change that for you? What's up for you next? And that one they can find on the website. They'll see it under the money deal. I think it's called Elevating Your Money Mindset. I love it. Wow. This time went by so quickly. Way too fast. <laughs> and Judy, you're just a blessing. I, I mean, you have such wisdom and knowledge and good news for people. Very good news. If you're willing to open your ears and your heart, you will get there. You want it, it's there. So everybody go to her website and take advantage of all of her products, her services. Uh, I would certainly, uh, I might even attend that Disney thing myself. Yes, in November. And um, this has been so good. Listen to it over and over again. Share it on your timeline, on your social media platforms. Tell your friends and, and your colleagues and your family members about this because this is life changing. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And as I say every week, make a decision to create and manifest your best week. Thank you for listening to Think, Believe, and Manifest. Constance Arnold will be back next week with another great show just for you. For more information, please visit fulfillingyourpurpose.com.